You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, I'm brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. My name is Colin Kelly. This is the Week 15 Recap Show, and uh, quite a Week 15 it was. Lots going on, lots to talk about. And to join me on today's show to talk all about it, it's going to be Adam Rank of NFL Fantasy Live, NFL.com, among many, many other things, and I'm uh, really looking forward to doing that in just a couple of moments. As always, starting the show, thanks for coming along, thanks for downloading, thanks hopefully for subscribing. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in, all those good ways, and uh, the best way to find all those is to go to OvertimeIreland.com, all the links displayed there on the podcast page, Sign up, give us a comment and a rating as well would help us immensely and uh, we do thank you for your continued support. As I mentioned, it is week 15. There is a lot to talk about. I'm going to let us get straight into it. Let's get into it with Adam Rank. Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. Once again, delighted to be back on the podcast, Adam Rank of NFL.com, NFL Fantasy Live, and so much other great stuff that he has going on, but uh, we all know Adam for his fantasy content, as well as some of the comedy work that he does, but uh, it's been a long time, Adam, since we've had you on, too long, in fact, uh, it's great to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for having me, it, it has been uh, too long, but for good reason, I've been balancing, in addition to uh, my fantasy duties, I've, I've got, a, got a newborn with yeah, me reality too, reality duties so. as well. A little bit, yeah. So uh, if I don't do well in a fantasy league, I can uh, blame her. And if I continue to do well and I'm in a couple of championships, I'm like, you know what? I've overcome the odds and I've probably had the greatest fantasy season as well. So so either way, it, it works out swimmingly for me. Yeah, so many congratulations, obviously, on the start of the new family and uh, hopefully everything's going well with that. Hopefully as well, everything's going well with your fantasy season, but we know the priorities may have changed, but uh, maybe maybe not, uh, maybe not, Adam. Maybe the fantasy's still uh, really, really at the top of that priority list. But this week, uh, you know, talking to priorities, some of the stuff going on around the National Football League, lots of crazy situations going on. Uh, we'll start off with Odell Beckham, a one-game suspension for him after the 38-35 loss to the Carolina Panthers. Pretty crazy game. Looked like the Panthers had this one well and truly in control. Looked like they were just going to walk away with it. Uh, the, the Giants made a comeback, tied things up, and then the game went and fed the goal for the Panthers to seal the deal. But the, the big talking point coming out of it, obviously, is Odell Beckham and Josh Norman. What went on prior to the game, what went on during the game. Pretty crazy all around, but a, a one-game suspension for Odell Beckham Jr. now. And uh, for fantasy fans in particular, not a good time for this to happen. No, this is exactly the time you don't want anything like this to happen. And it it's a huge disappointment both in reality and in fantasy because anybody who enjoys the NFL likes to watch players performing at their highest level. And when you see a matchup like Odell Beckham Jr. against Josh Norman, it's pretty compelling. It's something that you want to watch. I mean, that individual matchup was pretty much better than half of the games on the slate on Sunday. So this was something that everybody was tuned in for. And for Odell Beckham Jr. to behave the way that he he did. And really, uh, this is something that we'd seen a little bit earlier this season when Buffalo really got into his head yeah. uh, in a game. Uh, I think it was I, I, it was it was early. I think it was about in September. But it, it showed that you can rattle this guy. But, you know, it, it, this really un, uh, unraveled much quickly much much quicker and much uglier than a lot of us had anticipated and when Odell finally did get his touchdown fantasy or not I wanted to be happy for him but I just couldn't just because of his antics and if uh if the suspension ends up being upheld too I know a lot of people will be looking at uh Dwayne Harris possibly Reuben Randall but 
I would caution anybody that a reason why those guys look so good is because Odell Beckham Jr. is on the field with them. He draws attention. He draws the best cornerback. And if you want to take a a comparison, just look at the way the Green Bay Packers receivers have played ever since Jordy Nelson went out early in the preseason. So I I don't expect a lot from those Giants receivers if uh, Odell Beckham Jr., if that suspension, uh, if if it holds up. Yeah, and uh, obviously they they still have slim cho- ch- chances of making the playoffs, uh, so it's a killer blow to them from that perspective. Mm-hmm. On the subject off the ban, uh, do you agree with it? Should it have been longer? Should it have been not a ban? Should it just have been a fine? Your thoughts overall on that part as well? Well, I mean, the game unfolded the way it did, and for his actions, I do believe that a one-game suspension was warranted. My only, uh, my only complaint or my only note on that would have been that the referees should have done a yeah. better job yeah of kind of keeping this in control. I mean, that's that's your main job out there. I mean, that in addition to uh, not understanding the catch rules, your number one job is to make sure that things don't spiral out of control. And it's really a situation they should have gotten on immediately, kind of, you know, tried to calm people. I know like in baseball, uh, there's a, you know, when the pitchers have that kind of heat and have that kind of, uh, have that kind of uh, attention brought upon them. The umpire will just step out, warn both dugouts and say, listen, we're not putting up with any of this. The next time something like this happens, you're out of the game. So I feel that a similar warning should have been levied here, but unfortunately it wasn't. And it happened the way it happened. Yeah, in this game, it could have been, it could have been all a lot different at uh, the start of this game. Uh, you know, I think it was the first drive for the Giants, a long ball over the top by Manning. Looked like uh, or Odell Beckham was in for a long touchdown score because he had Norman Beat on that there pass and play and uh, just let the ball drop. So that's something that you don't see very often. And we've seen the video with Norman and the bat before the game. So Beckham maybe rattled previous to the start off at all. But the game in general, uh, Cam Newton with another monster day. He's been an absolute beast uh, this fantasy particularly in the playoff season since it started um, how impressed have you been with him overall you know that's the one thing is that the one takeaway that we should have had from this game was how amazing cam newton has been you know when he goes out there and does something historic where no quarterback in nfl history has thrown for 300 yards five touchdown passes and rush for 100 yards in a game ever I mean, in the NFL, it's approaching, you know, 90 seasons, or we've surpassed 90 seasons. It's pretty incredible, and I understand the rules have been different over the years, but this is a pretty superhuman feat for him, if you'll forgive the Superman comparison. But he is really, he's he's beyond the best, uh, he's beyond the MVP, he's the best in the world. Like, he is, he's the best NFL player on the planet. And I really think, if you compare him to other athletes, uh, the best professional sports player and uh, and you have to forgive me because I don't I don't follow the international soccer game as much, so I'm sure <laughs> that there's a comparison that I'm I, I'm missing. But in American sports, and I'll throw hockey in here too. I don't think that anybody is so much better than his peers than Cam Newton. The only reasonable comparison I would think of would be Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels in Major League Baseball. Um, but even like there's not an NBA guy, there's not a hockey guy I can think of. It's it's Cam Newton by a long shot. And it, it's pretty impressive to watch. And I really wish it was the story that we are all talking about after that game instead of the tantrum 
that Odell Beckham Jr. was out there throwing. Yeah, very high praise there, obviously, for Cam Newton. His season has just uh, he's progressed immensely this season. And, you know, you often talk about MVP as being the most valuable player to the team. I don't think there's too many other quarterbacks in the league. Maybe Russell Wilson, but he can't do the, you know, the physicality of the Russian uh, that could fit into that Panthers defense and still, or into that offense for the Panthers and still do what Cam does week in, week out. It's not an easy role to uh, fill in and play. So, uh, tremendous season from him. Talking off Russell Wilson, another big, big game for him, uh, 30-13 to 13 against the Cleveland Browns. We were all expecting the, the Seahawks to win this, but they have had an easy schedule, really, over the last three or four weeks, but um, Cam Newton has been, or not Cam, Russell Wilson, I'm getting everyone mixed up here now, uh, Russell Wilson has been uh, tremendous. It is really the closest comparison, because like Cam, he doesn't have those big-name wide receivers uh, that he's throwing to, and he does have the ability the kind of stretch plays, but it is, as you, ex- as you described, it's a different physicality to where Cam Newton is a looming physical presence. And if you ever see him in person, I, a lot of times when you run into NFL players, it, it's surprising that they're not as big as you think they are. Cam is one of those exceptions where you're like, <laughs> this is a big human being and, and can really go out there and punish uh, opposing defenders where Russell Wilson's about my height. He's about my size. And while he's impressive, he throws a great deep ball. I think he's a better passer than Cam. I Actually, I don't think that's much of a comparison. But he's obviously a better passer than Cam because his deep ball is amazing. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the kind of running that Russell does is more instinctive of stretching plays out, like buying extra time in the pocket. If he does get loose on the field, he's he's very good about never taking a hit. Like, he, he never gets licked. Like, he just kind of avoids people. He runs out of bounds smartly. He, he's so instinctual as a runner. It's very impressive, and he could easily go out there and put up 100 rushing yards, but not in the same way that Cam does it. So he definitely is – he he deserves to be part of that MVP conversation, but I think Cam just brings some extra elements to his game that you just can't really defense against. And I think um, – yeah, so I think – and really, there's no shame in being the number two person in this comparison, but Russell Wilson and that Seahawks team, yeah. it really – when we're looking at the NFC play, the AFC playoffs aren't really impressive to me. I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, it's going to be Tom Brady against a bunch of quarterbacks who are B side, who are backup quarterbacks. Uh, to be listen, he's going to go against uh, uh, Brock Osweiler, AJ McCarron, TJ Yates. Uh, I guess Ben Roethlisberger could possibly. I, I think the Steelers are probably locked in there, but there's not a lot of great, compelling matchups. But in the NFC. The Seahawks look great. The Panthers look great. The Cardinals look great, even though they lost Tyron Matthew. Uh, that's another team that just seems to roll along. You can always go to that next man up. So that NFC side is just so impressive. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot, of, a lot of good stuff coming along here shortly. Yeah, and Russell Wilson and uh, Doug Baldwin tying up for 10 touchdowns over the last uh, three games, I think it is. So if you started those two guys the last couple of weeks, uh, you pretty much won your fantasy matchups. Tyler Lockett coming along very nicely for them too. We're kind of on a theme here of quarterbacks who had absolutely amazing week 15s in the Washington Redskins, 35 points to Buffalo Bills, 25. And the scoreline actually at the end of this game makes it look a lot closer than it was throughout uh, the Redskins in control of this. All the way throughout, Kirk Cousins has um, really, uh, at the start of the season, I did not think that this would happen the way he's playing. He's actually playing uh, very well the last couple of weeks. And from a fantasy perspective, he has been uh, pretty sensational as well. He's been a great find for people. We go back through our danger zone picks because one of my, uh, the host of our show, James Coe and me, yeah. we like to pick some deep, deep sleepers. And we are going through the list today. 
And there was a time when Kirk Cousins was considered one of those one of those uh, low end sleepers that a lot, not a lot of people were talking about. And then he evolved into a guy who was more of a matchup based guy who you really wanted to play at home, didn't want to play him on the road. But now he's kind of evolved into that not elite starting quarterback, but a good solid middle of the pack quarterback who again has a chance to progress over the next couple of years because he's really a young quarterback. And last year uh, when they were kind of mixing him into the mix, mix, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say the word mix so many times, but uh, when they were trying to work him into the lineup, it looked like Cousins was a better fit for Jay Gruden's offense. Like he was the kind of guy that Jay Gruden could build his team around. And now going forward, it looks like Washington has found their quarterback of the future. And really, when you start to surround him with a little bit better of a cast, because I know once Deshaun Jackson returned, uh, Kirk Cousins started playing a little bit better. You can go out there and get another better complimentary wide receiver, maybe really establish a running game because they just have a hodgepodge of guys who, and I I say this selfishly from a a fantasy perspective, that you really can't trust each and every week. I'd love to see that one guy that you can can count on week in and week out. And of course, Jordan Reed, statistically from a fantasy perspective, there's no tight end who's been more efficient (laughs) than him. So I really have a lot of high hopes and going into next season as we, you know, start picking our fantasy rosters and, and looking at quarterbacks. I think Kirk Cousins could actually take a step ahead next season and be even better. Yeah, and it's strange to, you know, no mention of RG3 at any point, uh, <laughs> really, since the at the start the change was made. There was some talk of would RG3 get a spot back now. It uh, looks like there's absolutely no chance. looks like RG3 will be moving yep. out of Washington. Um, no, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but not enough to keep me from interrupting you. But isn't it crazy to think about all of the quarterbacks who have played at some point this season? I mean, the Houston Texans are on the cusp of starting Brandon Whedon, yep. who will be starting for a second team. Uh, Clausen, Jimmy Clausen has started for two NFL teams this year and guys like Brock Osweiler and RG three hasn't sniffed the field all season. Like he's not even close to playing. It just blows my mind that this guy was one of the most exciting rookies ever. And he's the one guy in the entire NFL who's not going to play it down. It seems like. Yeah. Sad too. When you think about it from that perspective, um, uh, you mentioned Jordan Reed too, uh, another big, big game for him here. He's been uh, sensational. Sammy Watkins, since he made the comments a few weeks ago about not getting enough targets, he's certainly got a, an increase in targets and he's certainly been doing a lot with it. A couple of uh, big, big performances from him. Uh, a game that wasn't exciting to watch, I don't think many people wanted to watch, and uh, is a pretty important game going forward was the Houston Texans against the Indianapolis Colts. The the Texans had never won a game in Indianapolis against the Colts uh, on the road, and in this one it looked like they weren't going to win it either for a long time, sitting with zero points on the board. But uh, you mentioned Branton Whedon. Branton Whedon's come in and uh, leads them to a victory. Uh, I don't think any of us predicted that in our bold predictions section at the start oh, of last God. week. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody would have ever predicted that any time at any at any point in human history, now Probably until the not. end of time, I don't think anybody would have predicted that. And it, it's just, oh, that that AFC South drives me crazy because you know, you know me, I, you know, I have a little bit of a, uh, I have a little bit of affection for my friends down in Duval County, Florida, the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> and they they couldn't knock off the Atlanta Falcons like that was they win that game and then they're back in. The, oh, it's so frustrating. Although the, the Jags are still alive, so I will not, I will not give up hope. But uh, it's time to give up. That's uh, I know. But that Houston team, I feel so terrible for them because I don't know what has happened to them. What they've done has been so amazing because you lose Arian Foster. You lose a handful of quarterbacks. You have a quarterback who doesn't even set his alarm 
and can't even show up for a team flight. And now you are leading the AFC South with Brandon Whedon. I think that uh, I think we should just we should just grandfather the Texans in. Like you know what? No matter whether they they deserve the spot in the playoffs with everything that they've had to go through. And I guess the, the Colts have a little bit of a gripe as well because they lost Andrew Luck very early on. But you know what, Colts? You've had Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck for the majority of your lives over the last 20 years. So I think you're fine. You have nothing to complain about. But uh, that poor Houston team, man, I, I feel bad for them. And now I do find myself kind of rooting for them. I mean, I, I kind of want to see uh, how far this team could go because it's it's almost it's almost hilarious just – how much they've been able to overcome. And I guess Bill O'Brien deserves a raise for, for somehow guiding that squad to be in a playoff position right now, which seems impossible. Yeah, it's funny too that you know we're feeling sorry for them, including the fact that they're actually now leading the division. So strange one there. Obviously the winner was going to have a huge momentum going into the playoffs, but the problem is that I don't think either of these teams are. In fact, the Jaguars, if they make it in, will go all that far once they get in. I think uh, this is probably the, the least feared kind of division yeah, in they'll, football. They'll, so. end up, they'll end up beating the Chiefs or something crazy. <laughs> like they'll they'll find a way. That'll uh, that'll be the team the Patriots play in the in the in the uh, quarterfinals, and you'll be like, really? They get a they get a gift to the AFC Championship game again. But no matter who they play, uh, yeah, it's going to be oh, it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard so to bad. think about. Um, TJ Yates obviously uh, suffered a torn ACL in this one and um, he'll be obviously out for the rest of the season and his first start of the year uh, from the other's perspective of this the Texans the one thing really saving them is having JJ Watt on one side of the ball and DeAndre Hopkins on the other side pretty impossible to stop him no matter who the quarterback is uh, having having a very very strong year again uh, on the other side uh, we'll go to you mentioned the Jaguars the Jaguars losing 23-17 to the Falcons the Falcons have been a pretty much a mess over the last maybe eight or nine weeks started the season five and oh up and down the whole way the rest of the way through uh, but they got over the line Julio Jones with a touchdown in this one Devontae Freeman with his first rushing touchdown in quite a number of weeks and uh, a win on the road for the Falcons but just when you think the Jaguars maybe have the possibility of getting into the playoffs challenging for that division they slip up at home to the Falcons yeah that one was uh one of the bigger disappointments because that offense has really started to come along as one, of, at least you know, from fantasy circles, is one of the most impressive up and coming offensive units because Blake Bortles has shown that you know he can get it done on the NFL level. The Allen brothers have done amazing. Allen Robinson was one of our preseason picks to be yeah. a, a big time sleeper this year and really make that breakthrough, and he's done that very well. But you know what? In this game, Allen Hearns really wasn't able to, to get anything going, and Julius Thomas, you know, he he pitched in here and there. I, I think one of the big one of the big keys was losing TJ Yeldon. And I know a lot of people haven't really given him enough appreciation for what he's been able to do this season, but he's been a pretty efficient running back when given the chance. And he's not, he's not a guy going out there and setting the NFL on fire, but he's giving them a pretty good running option that helps open up different parts of the game for them. So not having him in there and they, they tried to make shoelace happen, but that, that wasn't working. And now maybe Toby Gerhardt comes in this week. Who knows? But uh, hopefully they can find a way to make it happen because there's a lot of exciting pieces there. And I'm a, I'm a fan of Gus Bradley, and I, I really want him to be given a, a, an ample opportunity to succeed because I don't think that the, the effective way to build a franchise is to replace a coach every three years. But you got to show something over the next couple of weeks. Even if you don't find a way 
to get into the playoffs, I still want to see something enough. I want to see enough offensive momentum to where that organization can say, you know what, I feel good about what we're, what we're doing. I feel good that we're pointed at the right direction and we can make that next step. Um, but I, I, I need to see it. And I know that they, there's, uh, there's going to be mistakes made and everything else, but we need to see that offensive momentum. And selfishly, I want a little bit of a fantasy push from Allen Robinson this week. <laughs> Um, you mentioned there. Uh, selfish, I know. You mentioned there, Toby Gerhard. I think he actually went to the IR two weeks ago. So thankfully for Jaguars fans, uh, they went up to see him in the lineup. Uh, that was helping <laughs> Yeldon after after that injury. He was getting more carries, but the possibility Yeldon comes back from that sprained uh, ACL this this weekend. But wouldn't be holding my breath on that one. But I think you mentioned Gus Bradley as well. I think he's over the last maybe four or five weeks with the performances, including that one against the Colts, that it helps uh, helps him. I think he'll definitely be back next season for another run. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers 34, Denver Broncos 27. This game, the Broncos uh, were quite much in control of this, but the Pittsburgh Steelers come back and win it. And, uh, you know, Big Ben, uh, Antonio Brown, not much more you can say about those two guys. No, and really, uh, Antonio Brown was one of the guys that I said heading into the season was going to be my number one pick. I had uh, eschewed running backs in the first round because they're really it's so much easier to go out and try to find those guys on the waiver wire. I mean, most people are going into their fantasy championship weekends with David Johnson leading the way, or maybe yeah. Devonte Freeman or somebody who wasn't a first round draft pick. But if you picked Antonio Brown in the first round, and I, I'll tell you in every league where I picked Antonio Brown in the first round, I'm in, I'm in my championship. And there, I don't think that's any coincidence at all. And he's really quite incredible, and he's been, uh, outside of a few weeks where Ben Roethlisberger was hurt, he has been a consistent performer week in and week out. And going into this week against the Denver Broncos, you know, all I heard from people was like, well, the Broncos haven't allowed a number one receiver to score a touchdown. Well, you know what? Antonio Brown went out and scored two. So I, I don't care what the matchup is. I don't, I don't, none of that stuff gives me pause. And I just know that I put him into the lineup. I'm going to get double digits, and I feel very confident, especially this week, too, going up against the Ravens. Uh, I hope, I, I hope, I, I think 30 points. Am I being realistic? No, but I'm like almost expecting it. I, I really want to see a huge game out of him. And uh, if you're playing in daily fantasy leagues, I would stack Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and as a cheaper, cheaper option, I'd put in. Uh, Marcus Wheaton and feel great about it. Yeah, it's going to cost you to do that. But as you mentioned, outside of when Ben Roethlisberger was injured, when he's been in the lineup, uh, Antonio Brown each and every week has been an absolute stud in the lineup. And uh, I'd roll with him, obviously, the rest of the way. And uh, any daily fantasy leagues, as you mentioned, you would be looking at that too. In this game, uh, obviously, a lot of talk coming out of it after it about Pitt and Manning, Brock Osweiler, so on and so forth. Uh, I thought the first half performance was very good. I thought the second half performance was a little bit of a mixed bag from Osweiler, but looking at players like Vernon Davis and Demarius Thomas, a lot of drops and key third down spots where the passes were good. All that had to be done was the had to be completed, and uh, Vernon Davis in particular over the last couple of weeks has had some key drops to let the team down, but a big loss for the Denver Broncos, a huge win for the Pittsburgh Steelers still in that playoff hunt. Last game we're going to do, Adam, is going to be the Arizona Cardinals against the Philadelphia Eagles. You mentioned earlier Tyron Matthew out for the rest of the season with that knee injury. And, um, you know, there's a lot of players around the league that I'd be sad to see get hurt. But in particular, this news, um, not even been any way related to a Cardinals fan. Uh, I'm a Packers fan. I'm hoping that they get further than the Cardinals in the playoffs. But just a devastating injury for such a talented player. On the other side, the Philadelphia Eagles terrible season for them all around still in with a chance at this division but at the start of the year I thought they would be the team that would go on and win this division but uh, they have just struggled throughout uh, and it's just been continuous 
Yeah, you know, and they really just need a consistent quarterback who can go out there and, and get the ball in the into the hands of their playmakers. And I think this might have been a little bit of a wake-up call for Chip Kelly. And again, you know, I hope he's given another chance to kind of give this a go. They gave him one season where he was able to bring in his own players. I would give him another chance yeah. and kind of see what he can do and, and realize that DeMarco Murray is not the running back for you, and I, I would cut ties with him. I would find a quarterback who can come in there and run that system. I know a lot of people say RG3, but I don't think RG3 will be a great fit in that one. I think um, there's going to be some better options for him. So hopefully they can find somebody who can get the ball into the hands of Jordan Matthews, who was a huge disappointment from a fantasy perspective, but played well against the Cardinals and can be somebody next year that could be a great draft value for you. I know a lot of people are going to be bitter and not going to want to touch him, so you can get him in the later rounds and just hold him on your bench. But I have high hopes for him, and again, I just hope Chip gets that chance. Yeah, you'll find that with a lot of players. If you've been kind of bit by a player one season, they'll even sit the next season. I've picked him up in a couple of dynasty leagues this year, and although the drops not are concerning, I think he'll bounce back next season. I think Chip Kelly likely back for another year, the quarterback situation up in the air. DeMarco Murray, just the camera seems to be on him more than the game, huffing up and down the sideline. Mm. But the key <laughs> takeaway in this, I would have to say, is uh, David Johnson, that 47-yard touchdown run, and just his performance overall, very, very strong uh, in the fill-in role after the injuries to Chris Johnson and, of course, Andre Ellington. Yeah, we really liked him in the preseason. And, uh, I again, talking about danger zone, guys, I went back and looked. I'm like, yeah, we had him in a danger. We had him in the danger zone early in the season. And uh, now he's starting to show what we kind of all expected out of him. You know, he's one of those small school running backs who didn't get a lot of publicity heading into the NFL, but he's got the size and speed to really put it on opposing defenses. And he really gives that the, the Cardinals team, even more so than Chris Johnson, he gives them more of a, of a, of a balanced attack to really go after them and, and, and realize that if the Cardinals don't get a great performance out of, 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 out of Carson Palmer, which, and I, I was, I was stuck in this mixed bag of fantasy where, <laughs> I had him in one league, and I was going against him in another league, and it was one of those things where it's like, you know what? Psychological. I'm going to root for the. I'm going to go with the side that is going to win me the most money. So I was actually rooting against Carson Palmer, even though it seemed very foreign to me. But watching David Johnson go out there and run, I was very pleased. I kind of had an inkling, and I mentioned on the Sunday at the NFL Fantasy Live show where I get tons of stuff wrong, but I actually got it right when I said David Johnson was going to be the number one running back. Carson Palmer would suffer because of it. And it, it, it really gives me uh, a little bit of hope for them going into the playoffs to where you're like, oh, this team can make that extended run because it's not going to be all Carson. It's going to be behind that, that running attack, and then Carson can just be effective. And if John Brown ever holds on to a football, that team uh, will be pretty amazing. It was crazy. Like, it really – like, it was one of those things where I was initially upset where I'm like, ah, and I'm like, well, I, I, I guess – like, at some point, like, the game's turning. You're like, okay, look. I'm not going to be able to split this and hopefully still win in both where I get enough from him to win, but enough not to lose. So I'm like, I want to, I want him to do that. So, or not do that. I want him to hand off the ball. That's what I, that's what I was really hoping for. I was like, I want Carson to be good. I want him to be effective and I want him to be happy and I want him to win. I just want him to hand the ball off to David Johnson a bunch. And he did. So it was a, it worked out, you know, one team had to be sacrificed, but you know what? That one was for free and for no money. So I don't really care. Um, not the <laughs> Oh, and it was uh, a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty amazing performance outside of uh, Tyron Matthew, who, you know, I, I will say this. And I know this isn't fantasy, but I, I he's one of the guys in the league who uh, I really root for because I always felt coming out of LSU that uh, he wasn't given the benefit of the doubt. His his indiscretion in college was something that a lot of college kids do, you know, and it really wasn't 
wasn't a huge like in, in a lot of in some parts of the world. It's, it's really not even a crime. Even in some states in America, it's no longer a crime to yeah. do what he was doing. And uh, so I always felt like for the guys that that really create that really like commit serious uh, offenses against humanity who seem to get the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, why does this poor kid not get it? So it's gutting, you know, it's it really gutting because you're like, he's a good kid. He just he partied, whatever, you know, things happen. That's what I like. Speaking from experience, I did the same thing in college. So it's like, I don't, I don't see what the big deal is. And I'm glad he was given a chance with a good organization. And gosh dang it, I, I guess with my bears out and your Packers soon to be out, we can sit oh. here and root for the Cardinals. I'm sorry. I, I tease because I, I care. Yeah, um, well, it is true. Um, you know, the Packers, unless things really start to pick up, I can't see them going too far in the playoffs, being very, very realistic. But, you know, we've seen things turn around before, and uh, hopefully it happens this time around. Tyron Matthew, obviously very disappointing to lose him for the season for the Cardinals. And you mentioned John Brown. I uh, thought they had uh, signed Ted Ginn over the last week, uh, the way he was playing that first <laughs> half. So, um, uh, Adam, we've had you on long. Uh, we've gone a little bit longer than we expected. This is just because we get along so well. <laughs> Anything you want to give a quick plug out to? Obviously, you're on Twitter, at Adam Rank. Yeah, anything else you want to throw out there, The Weekender, any other stuff coming up? Yeah, if you go to uh, the NFL's YouTube channel, The Weekender drops uh, on on Saturday for those of you in Ireland. Uh, it's a quick look back at the uh, or a quick look ahead of what to expect for the NFL season. Uh, this past week, incidentally, we had a we had a joke to where like a lot of the NFL teams, uh, or, excuse me, a lot of the NFL players have been trading their jerseys uh, akin to the way a lot of soccer players trade their kits after the yeah. game, which I think is a cool thing. I'm, I'm glad the NFL is starting to adopt that because that is one of the coolest things and really wants to get me like, when I watch soccer. I, I really love seeing that, and I joke that I think a lot of fans would hope that Odell Beckham Jr. and Ted Ginn hands, and I guess they did before the game, which was kind of amazing. So um, so check that out. Uh, if you get uh, our YouTube channel as well, check out the, the Madden NFL Live stuff, because that's, yeah, that's a lot of fun. fun yeah. We have, uh, we have a good time with that, and uh, that's it. That's all the plugs I got, because Fantasy Live will be ending in a few weeks. Yeah, it's uh, both those shows very fun to check out. I think you mentioned uh, Ted Ginn there. I think you mentioned Josh Nar. You meant Josh Norman and Odell Beckham. I think was that right? Right. Well, no, I was saying Ted Ginn and Odell Beckham, Beckham would change hands, oh, okay. and then Odell Ginn by going out and dropping the first bomb that was thrown <laughs> before the game or when the game started, yeah, which was it. very Ted Ginn. And then Ted Ginn's making all the catches. So yeah, he's actually had a few good weeks. So uh, interesting to note there. But Adam, as always, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully, we can do it again soon. I think so. Well, uh, I, I promise you right now I'll come in for the playoffs. My schedule will be a little bit easier. So uh, I would love to do it again. I love coming on this show. It is one of the ones I clear the schedule, or at least I try to. <laughs> the baby, see, before it was easier. But now the baby, you know, she's so cute. Like, if you guys go on go on my Instagram, you'll see. I've got a couple of photos of her. But uh, go check it out, and then uh, we will do it again very soon, as long as you'll have it. Hi, I'm Delaney Walker, tight end for the Tennessee Titans, and you listen to Overtime Ireland. So that was Adam Rank, as I mentioned there. Follow him on Twitter, at Adam Rank, and uh, check out The Weekender, among all the other good stuff he's doing on NFL.com. Definitely well worth a follow. Went through most of the games there with Adam, talked through a lot of them. I'm going to go through the rest of them by myself in just a little moment. We Some fun stories coming out. We talked about Kurt Cousins, how things have been going. You'll remember a few weeks ago they got that win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And after it, as he walked through the media area, he said, You like that? You like that? Well, uh, I think he liked uh, the win at the weekend. And um, 
he has gone on now and he's uh, found a trademark for that so uh, good news for him trying to make some money out of that there uh, trademark that just probably came out of the blue as he walked through the media room but I uh, thought that was a funny story coming out uh, over the weekend mentioned obviously the big news too Beckham suspended one game I think a one game suspension probably deserved I think as Adam mentioned there the refs should have dealt with it on the field probably as I mentioned on Twitter he should have been ejected at the time and uh, probably would have saved us all a lot of hassle because going forward now uh, we'll see what happens with other player indiscretions which sometimes we know with the NFL uh, doesn't always go from case to case with a, a degree of consistency can change from case to case Odell Beckham's suspen- uh, suspension has been appealed by Beckham but uh, we'll see over the next few days how that all turns out it is kind of the time too obviously of the year where teams start thinking about resting their starters Bill Belichick has been talking after the Patriots win against the Titans he has talked about uh, you know he might he'll consider it anyway resting players um, over the next uh, couple of weeks to uh, try and have everyone healthy for the postseason sometimes uh, it works for teams sometimes it doesn't work for teams but uh, Bill Belichick has been there done that and I'm sure he'll come to that decision in his own time uh, other teams probably that are key to looking at are the Carolina Panthers and obviously they can go for that undefeated season in the situation with the chance of the undefeated season I think you roll with who you've got and you try and win those last two games at 14-0 and chance off history um, but the other thing you have to figure out is will that cost you a chance then at the end uh, going for the Super Bowl what if you pick up an injury the next two weeks all a very delicate balancing act. I did mention the New England Patriots. They did win 33-16 to against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Marcus Mariota out for the rest of the season tore his ACL in this one. Very disappointing news for him, but um, he's uh, obviously going to be back at the start of next season. We'll see how his recuperation goes. Um, has had a nice rookie season overall from all accounts, and um, just um, in this one, unfortunately, the injury could not play on. In came... Zach Mettenberger, but unfortunately against this Patriots defence and the way the Patriots are playing in general, just uh, wasn't able to get the job done. Um, the Patriots, I didn't think they looked that impressive in this game, but um, they kind of waltzed through it and got the win in the end pretty pretty easily. And uh, as I mentioned, 33-16 to doesn't get a lot easier than that. The Patriots march on. Kansas City Chiefs continue their march towards the playoffs 34-14 to against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens with possibly one of the most disgusting kits in NFL history worn in this one. I don't know where they come up with the combination of the purple tops and the yellow trousers, but not something that uh, I would recommend wearing uh, if you're going out this weekend over the holiday season. Probably not the, uh, don't be wearing those yellow chinos with a, a purple shirt. I don't know if that'll work for you in the looks department. Kansas City Chiefs, though, on the other hand, they don't care what it looks like. They just waltz through this game. I mentioned the Patriots waltzing through it. The Kansas City Chiefs in complete control throughout this. Marcus Peters, uh, a 90-yard pick, six uh, to complete the score, and he's had a tremendous rookie season, been phenomenal all the way out. Definitely has to be in consideration for that defensive uh, rookie of the year. Um, a fumble very early on by Javorius Allen. Uh, it was also returned by Tavon Bryant for a touchdown. So the defense of the Chiefs uh, stepping up in this, doing most of the heavy lifting and uh, then the game sealed by the offensive side. Just a uh, complete game by the Chiefs, never in doubt. And they continue on. The Baltimore Ravens season has been a tough one for them. And uh, obviously with all the injuries they've had, it has been just uh, difficult overall. Um, we'll see how they respond next season. Uh, we've been more used to them making it to the playoffs. I mentioned a couple of times on the show already uh, over the last few weeks that they were my pick for the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. That was badly, badly wrong. But the Chiefs... Who knows? Still time to, time for them to uh, make a run. 
Chicago Bears losing to the Minnesota Vikings. Not much going on for the Bears at the moment. Looked a few weeks ago like they might have been trying to get back in the hunt, but they've lost uh, a good few games here now in a row, and um, they did not look good this week. Also, and Jeffrey missing a portion of this game with an injury. Uh, the Vikings, on the other hand, uh, Bridgewater had nine passing touchdowns going into this game, and he had five passing touchdowns in this one. Finished with a passer rating of 151.3, and uh, it was the most efficient game of his career. Peterson, Adrian Peterson, that is, had a ankle injury early in this game, left it, it did return, but um, we'll see how he goes forward with that sprained ankle. Uh, Stefan Diggs scored touchdowns on two of his three catches, and uh, he had six weeks of no score, so uh, a big game for him in this one, but I have to say, the best I've seen Teddy Bridgewater playing this season. He's a quarterback I really like, was very high on coming into this season, but um, there was some games there where there was a little bit of worry just suffering or seeping in with how he was playing, but I have to say, this game, uh, his best of the season in my opinion so far, and Thursday night football last week against the Cardinals had a nice game too, although gave up that fumble at the end to, to seal their fate. I thought he had a good game last week also couple of games now to run through uh, obviously a lot of people know with the uh, New York Jets getting the win against the Cowboys on Saturday night football well a version of Thursday night football played on Saturday uh, a win there for the Jets and that was a must win for them to keep them in the hunt and you know they were trying every way they could not to win it but in the end they they did get over the line looked like in that one actually that Eric Decker was going to be out for quite some time a very bad twist off the knee but he returned later in the game and uh, had a few nice catches after that so uh, a quick recovery by him it did not look good at the time when he went down injured and uh, I thought he was going to be out for uh, quite some time moving forward I thought uh, it was an ACL injury but luckily for him looks to be okay so that was a win for the New York Jets. The other game was Thursday Night Football. The Rams pretty much uh, killing off any hopes that the Buccaneers had at the playoffs. Uh, pretty convincingly, Tavon Austin with a big game. And that one, Todd Gurley, goes over 1,000 yards in his rookie campaign. And uh, just a solid all-around performance by this St. Louis Rams team, who Jeff Fisher is kind of the master of 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, you know, that kind of 7-9 and nine record, and it looks like he's on the way to that yet again. Can they ever get over the 500 mark? We'll see next year if he gets to stick around in St. Louis. And, well, who knows? Maybe the Rams don't stick around in St. Louis, but we'll see. And uh, also on the subject of the L.A. franchise, I think at this late stage, I think we're probably looking at two years down the line. I can't see it happening next season at the short advance stage, but who knows? I think you'll be looking more at the 2017 season at this point in time, the way things are going. The Green Bay Packers, thankfully for me, they got a win this week, winning by 10 points on the road against the Oakland Raiders. Some good things happened, some bad things happened overall. Offensively, didn't look all that great, but still they got the win, and that's all that matters, I guess. But just for the, the hopes of moving forward, at the moment, don't look like a Super Bowl team. But we see teams getting in there, you know, in the wildcard position, making runs at it. We've seen it with the Ravens, we've seen it with the Giants. Uh, the Packers look like they're going to win the division, so it will not be through the wildcard, but we'll see how things go after that at the moment. Just uh, not really a complete team, but uh, that Jordy Nelson injury seems to be really hurting the offense, as we thought it would at the start of the year. We'll see how they do in the final few weeks. Devontae Adams with a number of key drops again here. We'll see how he fits into the lineup the next couple of weeks. I've listened to a few interviews since with Mike McCarthy. He's talked about Jared Aberdeer is getting a little bit more involved uh, in the next couple of weeks, so we'll see if he starts to uh, get into those targets off Devontae Adams. Um, Andrew Quarles back off injured reserve. We'll see if they go to more two tight end sets as well. But um, defensively playing very well. Uh, Amari Cooper, the man that done the damage on them in this one. 
and uh, give up a few big runs as well to Latavius Murray, which has been their issue over the last few weeks. But overall, a win on the road against the Raiders, who have been very, very good in some of their games, and obviously had a big win last week against the Denver Broncos, so uh, the Packers will take the win and move on in that one. The Bengals got a win without Andy Dalton, 24-14. to wasn't the prettiest game to watch. Uh, AJ McCarron starting at quarterback. A couple of big chunk plays uh, to AJ Green and Marvin Jones, but wasn't just wasn't just an exceptional game to watch, and that's probably what I'll leave it at. Uh, Jeremy Heller mentioned on the preview show last week. You know what he is. You need the touchdowns if you're going to get the, the fantasy points from him. Two touchdowns from him in this one. Uh, outside of that, there just not a lot to talk about. Bengals defense starting to uh, ramp up over the last couple of weeks, and again, they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. But it'll all come down to how long Andy Dalton is missing out for. Usually you'd say saving the best last. I don't think that's the case this week. But for the Chargers, as I mentioned, it could have been their last game in San Diego. And they probably saved their best performance of the season at home for last. 30 points to 14 against the Dolphins. The Dolphins, again, back to absolutely no interest in playing American football uh, on Sunday's uh, style of play that they had at the start of the season. They've been so up and down this year, it's been really hard to call. But this was uh, the Danny Woodhead show, absolutely. And <laughs> I don't know what to, to say. I think he had four touchdowns in this uh, he had the first rushing touchdown for the chargers since week one overall just a big big day for him um the dolphins now are guaranteed to finish with a losing season their first losing season since 2012 uh, the bright spot for them probably that uh, jije became the first british player to score a touchdown and uh, the fellow rookie wide receiver Devontae parker with his best game as a pro for 87 yards on four catches so some bright spots going forward as i mentioned last week on the show with nat coombs he's a dolphins fan we talked a little bit about the dolphins last week but a disappointing season all around from what we were expecting at the top of the year and the chargers uh, get the big big win at home putting up 30 points and um if it is the last game for them in san diego probably a fitting way for it to go out but as i mentioned i think we're going to see them there for another year so that'll, re- that'll round up the recap show and uh, that's all the stuff done it is christmas week uh, the holiday season is here but we'll be uh, doing another podcast later this week and i'll be joined by greg rosenthal of nfl.com as well for that one looking forward to getting him on we'll be previewing all the games um over the festive period and um, we'll be uh, putting that out before christmas day and we'll be doing uh, all the talking on that there about what's going to happen so you can listen to it over those days that uh, hopefully if you're off work if you're celebrating this holiday season and uh, enjoy it if you're not hopefully you'll enjoy the show too and as i mentioned um, itunes stitcher tune in give us some comments give us some rankings on there and of course make sure you're subscribed and following us as well at overtime ireland until i'm back later in the week with that second show previewing week 16 of course have a good one thank you for listening to the overtime ireland american football podcast please follow us on twitter at overtime ireland check out overtimeireland.com and continue to spread the word this has been an overtime ireland production